I was thinking in in preparation for this, I was thinking about how we first met, which was through work. And we were both hired for the same position. And Mm -hmm. so we were both, we started on the same day. Yeah. And I didn't know there was going to be another me. No, me neither. Until the email went out and it was like, here's our two new people. And I was like, great. Yeah. Great. (laughs) This is going to be awesome. Can't wait to hate this girl. (laughs) I know. I was so intimidated by you. Me too. And there was a picture. There's a picture in the email. And I was like, great. She's pretty and blonde. (laughs) As if that matters. As if that matters for the job, but I was like, this is I was just mad there was someone else. I feel like they should have let me know, like, we're hiring two people for this position. That was never. And then we logged on to the Zoom the first day, and you were like, I have a sister named Kristen. Yes. And I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) You're like, hater already. (laughs) Yep. And I also have a sister named Kate, Caitlin, Mm -hmm. and you have a sister named Kate. So how long after us initially suspecting that we would hate each other, did we actually become? (laughs) I was trying to remember that. I feel like by the end of the first week, I was like, okay, I think that we're actually going to be besties. I think so too, because I was like, Anna's really funny. Yeah. That was my initial. I was like, okay, cool. Like, we can actually make this work somehow, even though I'm still mad that there's two of me. Right. But it ended up being really good because it was like we had a buddy going into, you know, the new team and stuff. And it ended up being really good. Yeah. It would have been very intimidating to join that team alone. And so it was nice Can to have. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> Can't. I seriously cannot imagine any of work without you. Like, I'm so glad that yeah. it all happened the way it did. Me too. And now look at us. We're starting a podcast. I know. We talked about it for so long. I don't think initially this was our, what's the word? Premise for the podcast was it or we were just like we should have a podcast (laughs) I think we just felt that we should be heard (laughs) I think so too we were like we have something to say and people should hear it yeah (laughs) isn't that how everyone starts a podcast I think so okay so uh my name's Annie I live in Connecticut born and raised love Connecticut don't really ever want to leave it. I don't know why Connecticut you gets. Love Connecticut. <laughs> I really do love it here. It's a beautiful state, and not everyone is a rich snob, contrary to popular belief. It is the popular belief. I'm sorry to say. It is, and there is a part of Connecticut that is very, very wealthy. That yeah. is not the part I reside in. <laughs> So I live I live on a small farm with my husband, Alan, and a lot of animals. We have three dogs, 
We just got a kitten. We have two full-sized horses, a mini horse, a donkey, two bunnies, a parrot. We have chickens, ducks, and a goose named Lucy Goosey or Lucille Goosele when she is having her formal name. When she's acting up. And I feel like the dogs will probably come up at times in the podcasts. Um, Their names are Magnus, Levi, and Sydney. I also can't talk about my dogs without saying my soul dog, Lucas. We lost him last year, but he just deserves a shout out. So shout out, Lucas. Of course. Okay, I'm Kristen. I currently live in Colorado, but I just moved here like two months ago, originally from Texas, like my whole life. Then we lived in Seattle for two years, and now we live here. Um, let's see, I have two dogs, Jude and Jack, two cats, Sheba, who is sitting on my lap, and Beasley. Named after Pam from the office. Obviously. And I have a husband, Alex, and I have a baby, a five month old little boy named Lane. And that's me, I think. What is the premise of our podcast? Yeah. So when we started talking about making a podcast, we were kind of talking about like the different podcasts that we listen to and it came up that you are a true crime podcast junkie. And I have never once in my life listened to a true crime podcast. Um, I, I have avoided it. (laughs) I get scared really, really easily uh growing up ready for this no (laughs) growing up my parents like would listen or watch I mean Dateline and 2020 and stuff and I would cover my eyes and plug my ears and run out of the room oh my god so I'm hoping that this is sort of like some sort of immersion therapy where yeah yeah the more I hear the less scared of it I am although it could go the opposite direction and I could potentially crumble under the weight of these stories yeah that's the gamble that we're I'm already in therapy I'm set up with a therapist so if I need an emergency session it is a holiday weekend um (laughs) but we can hope for Tuesday we can hope for a Tuesday opening cool well the good thing is I know that you're like a newbie at this, so I'm not going to go like super into detail with like Great. wounds and yeah, no one needs to hear that. Like even when I listen to True Crime and I'm, they like go into like gruesome detail about stuff. I'm like, it, it gets me. It's not I don't, cool. I don't want to know. And also just as a little aside any sort of sexual assault yeah there will be no details of that ever on the podcast yeah never never. we know that that's a big trigger for a lot of people myself included and so that will just not be included 
yeah, I, if there is sexual violence of any kind, I will just say sexual assault occurred and I will not go into any further detail. Yeah. I, it's just, it's not necessary. And it is a trigger for so many people that I just, it's not, we don't have to go there. Um, and most of the time it's not pertinent to the case anyway. Like you can just say sexual assault occurred. Um, so yeah, we will not be going into that. And then I, I mean, I don't like true crime for the gruesome details anyway. Like the reason I like true crime is because it's like a mystery and it's like a whodunit and, you know, what makes people do these things? Like what drives people to commit murder of all things, you know, like, right. So that's the part that I like to focus on is like the crazy details of like just people's mind making them do crazy shit like that's the part that I like so I don't like the gruesome stuff either not cool so I won't go into that great I think I'm I think I can handle it I think you can I mean we'll see (laughs) if at any point you need to cover your eyes and run out of the room just give me a heads up and we can handle it great So this is just going to be my honest reaction to these stories. I don't know. Some of them I've heard the name because it was on the news or people were talking about it. But I have just consistently my entire life avoided any details. (laughs) I love it so much. It's so great so yeah it'll just be like me telling these like very well-known true crime cases to someone hearing them for the very first time would you have no idea how excited that makes me (laughs) because normally when I talk about these cases which I'm the annoying person at like I get together but I'm like have you heard about this and everyone's like yeah we've heard about it and now I get to tell you and you're gonna be like what because you that's the first time you're hearing it right it's like you're telling them to a child but I'm an adult (laughs) yeah really that's exactly what it is so what a great (laughs) I love it I love it um so should we dive in I'm ready all right here we go here we go here we go okay so if I say the name Amanda Knox what does that mean to you I remember hearing about Amanda Knox I don't know what she did but I know it was bad (laughs) (laughs) um I know from you telling me that we're we're around the same age yeah and I want to say I remember hearing about her maybe like 10 plus years ago. I don't know if that's accurate, but so she would have been in her early 20s, maybe? Yeah, yeah. But that's really all I know. That's Um, it? You've just heard her name before? I remember my parents watching a 2020 or Dateline about her, and I I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) Well, now I'm going to force you to listen to the story. Okay. But I'm really excited to tell you about this one because 
it's something I remember hearing about like when it happened because it was such a huge like media sensation and it was just a giant story and I remember hearing about it when it happened which I was like it happened in 2007 okay so I was younger than 20 I was in college in 2007 okay so 2007 I was 14 so I remember hearing about it when it happened I guess when I was 14 and then Netflix came out with a documentary in 2016 and I knew about the case when the documentary came out but I had a different idea of what had happened then and then I heard about it on or I I guess I kind of like dived into the case after the documentary and I was like I need to know the truth about this so I guess that's the background of like how I know about it okay um I would never ever watch that documentary (laughs) (laughs) I'm basically going to be retelling you the documentary so here we go um okay so I want to start out with a quote from Amanda Knox herself okay um from the documentary and this will kind of set the stage so her quote is there are those who believe in my innocence and there are those who believe in my guilt there is no in between and if I'm guilty it means that I'm the ultimate figure to fear because I'm not the obvious one. But on the other hand, if I'm innocent, it means that everyone is vulnerable and that's everyone's nightmare. Either I'm a psychopath in cheap clothing or I am you. Okay. Um, and um, I'm basically going to lay out just like how the crime, ha- not how it happened, but like, how it was found and stuff and then I just want to hear like your thoughts as we go along like do you think she's guilty or do you think she's innocent okay Okay. I I already have some feelings based on that quote (laughs) really that makes you what does that make you think that she's a psycho (laughs) I I feel like that's a weird thing to say but okay okay all right we're gonna get into it I'll give her a fair shake yeah you said sorry Mandy (laughs) <laughs> hereby will be referred to as mandy mandy k <laughs> god okay all right so that's the thing amanda knox she is a 20 year old student from seattle washington mm. um yeah she's a student at uw and university of washington the locals refer to as uw sure um Side note about UW, um, beautiful campus. I've been there. They have these cherry blossom trees. I don't know if I've ever showed you pictures of them, but on campus they have this like row of cherry blossom trees and they only bloom for like a week, a year, and they're so beautiful. So anyway, um, she went to UW. She was known as quirky and different, which sounds like of Seattle, Washington, 20-year-old to me. Mm-hmm. So she makes the dean's list. She's very smart. She's educated. 
Um, she decides that she wants to go spend a summer or a semester away in Italy. So she is walking around campus and she sees a sign or a flyer that says, you know, go to Perugia, Italy, and um, like do a semester there. So she's like, I'm going to jump on that opportunity. She's 20. Um, and this is September of 2007. So she saves up and she's on her way to Italy. Um, Amanda Knox, if she was like, if this was a movie and we were casting this, she would be played by like a brown headed Claire Dane. Brown headed what? Claire Dane. Oh, okay. So like picture, you know, she just looks like an innocent, like normal looking white girl. Okay. In my head, she was blonde. So thank you for clarifying that she's brunette. Yeah, she's brunette, like dark brown hair, but she has like blue eyes. I guess I can show you a picture of her. <laughs> so kind of like me. You. <laughs> Am I but Amanda? Is- <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be really um, Her ball, it's actually Amanda. We have her on the pod. um so she sets off to italy in september of 2007 and she rents an apartment with three other three other roommates and it's just like they have a picture or like an image of it in the documentary and it like overlooks this like beautiful italian valley have you ever been to europe no i've been to italy but like barely i like crossed over from france and like we took a train and we were there for like five minutes so i've never been there but it's this like idyllic italian like what you would picture um and she lives in this like small apartment with three other roommates can i Um, interject yes please does she know the roommates before she gets to italy no are they from uw as well no no um i believe two of them are like don't quote me on this like italian medical students i believe okay and then one of them is a british exchange student and her name is meredith kircher and she would be played by like a british militant oh okay She's really pretty. She's super cute. She like kind of looks like Neil. Okay. Um, but no, she does not know these people. Um, so she just like moves into a random apartment. Um, she says in the documentary that she like expected this to be this like prestigious program. And when she got to Italy, it was not that at all. She said she had like barely any work. Excuse me. So she ends up getting a part-time job at a bar. And that bar is owned by a man named Patrick Lamumba. More on him later. Okay. So she's living there. She's just like living her life. Um, she's enjoying being in Italy, which if I was 20 and I had a chance, 
Like when I was 20, I would have died to have a chance to go spend a semester in Italy. I don't know about you, but I would have been all over that. So she's just enjoying Italy. Um, so one week before the murder, spoiler, this is about a murder. Okay. I kind of figured we were talking murder today. We, we're talking murder. So one week before the murder, Knox goes to a concert and she meets this kind of like nerdy looking Italian guy. I don't really know who he would be played by in the feature film, but he's like, like a nerdy, like kind of short running Italian dude. Like he's not anything. I guess like when I picture like an Italian romance, it's just like beautiful Italian guy, but he doesn't really fit the bill. Right. And his name is Raffaele Solicito. Love it. Yeah, that was good. Great right? name. Um, he sometimes I hear people refer to him as Raphael, and sometimes it's Raffaele, so I don't know. Um, but he describes Amanda as very, very pretty, and he's like immediately drawn to her when he meets her at the concert. So that night after the concert, he takes her to this romantic overlook of the city of Perugia, and he like sweeps her off her feet. Romantic Raffaele. I know, I love it. And she is just like completely, because she's from Seattle and it's just like Italian guy that's like taking her around the city, you know? like Yeah, like on the back of like a Vespa. That's what I picture. Can't you picture it? I know, I know. Yeah, so he takes her back to his house, mm-hmm. and in his words, the night ended with a happy ending. So, okay, what do you think? <laughs> I think they did it. I, I think probably. I think probably. It's a good assumption. So they're quickly like super inseparable. They just live this like Italian romantic life they go to the market they go on walks they're getting pizza they're drinking wine and for a week they just were like living it up smoking pot having sex enjoying italy for one week for one week and then things turn and then things turn okay it's a bit of a a whirlwind huh a whirlwind a whirlwind a week, she's just, like, living the dream. Again, if if I could do this when I was 20, like, this was my dream when I was 20, to meet a guy, an Italian, who just, like, takes you around the city and you get to eat pizza. First of all, my dream to eat real pizza is never going to happen. Um, but anyway, so that is where we're at. She's living her life okay. with Raphael or Raffaele. Raff. Rack. All right. So now let's get into the nitty gritty. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Can I just, can I say a couple predictions? Of course. Okay. Well, Raffaele, Raff. Raff. I feel like he is going to be also a murderer possibly i don't know or is he going to be murdered i'm not sure 
And then the roommate, you said like, oh, the two and then Meredith. So I feel like since we said Meredith's name, not going to be good for Meredith. And then you said some other guy's name, Patrick? Mm-hmm. Lamumba. I don't know what's going to happen with him. <laughs> okay. But I feel like since you said his name, it's going to be important. Yeah. No, I like these predictions. Okay. He is, he's an important player. Meredith's an important player. Raph is an important player. And Mandy. Those are like the main characters. Okay. Patrick would, Patrick Lumumba, which I just call him Lumumba. He would be played by, did you ever watch Football Rwanda? No. Oh my God. I feel like in high school, that was like the go-to, like the teachers hung over, watch a movie, movie. Really? Oh yeah, we watched that that in October Sky. Hmm. You Our never teacher... seen Hotel Rwanda? No. Our teachers played like Disney movies. I remember in high school watching Lion King in class and we were all like, yes. Yeah, that would be great. That would be <laughs> great. Hotel Rwanda is here I go into a whole other story. But it's like about something that happened in Rwanda okay I have to look up the guy so I can show you like who he would be played by okay is it helpful when I say like who they would be played by so, like, yeah because then scene? I can picture them yeah yeah although I kind of want to look up what Amanda Knox looks like but I'm afraid that I'm gonna don't see do it don't do it yeah I'll wait till after okay so this guy what is his name Don Cheadle oh yeah Okay. Okay, that's in Patrick Lamumba. 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 So we have the scene set. I need to know who Roth Raff is played by. Roth. Okay. He is he's like a young Michael Fox. Okay. But with like long brown hair. Okay. Okay. So with glasses. Okay. Yeah. That's that's who we're dealing with. Are the glasses the murder weapon? <laughs> How exactly would you murder someone with glasses? Broken glass, slit, slit their that throats. That would be. You're you're onto something with the throat slit. I'm gonna look up and see if anybody has ever been killed by a pair of glasses. I'm sure. I'm sure. Are you gonna look it up right now? Oh yeah, I can. Mine as well. Has anyone ever been killed? The first thing that comes up is by a house cat. Oh. By a pair of... Do you think that's because there's this whole like conspiracy out there that if you died, your cat would eat your you? Your cat will eat you. How did they figure that out? I think that people, people who have died in their homes... And not been discovered until days later when they have pet cats. Like the cats are feeding on them, and but dogs oh. aren't. Yeah. It looks like there have been several murders over glasses, like designer glasses. Oh, people have murdered people like to get designer glasses? Well, obviously, I'm not reading the full article, but this says man killed near Marquette University over designer glasses. 
The victim's brother said the shooting was about a pair of $1,100 Cartier glasses. That's terrible. Over $1,100? Yeah, I mean, they would have to be at least 10 grand for... Um, and then there's also something about somebody, I don't know how you say this, K-H-M-E-R. K-H-M-E-R. I don't know. It's the leader of a communist party. They killed people who wore glasses. Uh-oh. So don't <laughs> this is a warning to people. I've never heard of the Khmer Communist Party. Khmer? Uh, never heard of it. Maybe we'll have to cover that. Yeah. And it will ha- people who wear glasses. We'll have to put a trigger warning for people who wear glasses. <laughs> I am married to a glasses wearer. Uh oh! Dun dun dun! Don't don't tell Alan. Alan cannot know about this. (laughs) (laughs) He can't handle it. That would be too much. Oh man, we really went on a tangent. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, Okay. Michael Fox, long hair, glasses. This is the Italian nerd. Raffaele or Raphael? Raf. Raf. I have an Uncle have Raph Randy. as an aside. Really? Yeah. Is his real name Raph? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. Is it Raphael? I don't know. Is he Italian? No, he's British. Mm, that's close. Is it? <laughs> Not American. You have a British uncle? Yeah, my aunt married a Brit. Lovely guy. His name is Raph. Don't know his full yeah. name. I'm gonna guess it's Raphael. I, I bet it is. You can I'll ask. But and ask him if it's pronounced Raphael or Raffaelli. I've heard both, and I don't know what's right. Okay. Thank you. I will okay. do some research later. Thank you so much. All right, here we go. So it's November first. Okay. 2007. Okay. We're getting into it. It's almost your birthday. It's almost or my birthday. Me, it's almost your birthday. In 2007. So this is what Amanda Mandy claims happened. Okay. So we're going off of Amanda's account of the story. Can I ask another question? Yeah. In this Netflix documentary, are her interviews done from prison, or should I not know the answer to that? Let's not know the answer to that. Okay, I would like to know at the end. Oh, yeah, for sure. You'll know at the end. Okay. Okay. So, Amanda claims she was at Raph's apartment the night of the murder. She says they're watching a movie, and that's the name of the movie. It's from Italian. I don't know. And in the middle of the movie, she gets a text from her boss, Lumumba, mm-hmm. John Heedle, yep. saying she doesn't have to come into work. And she reacts as we all would. And it's like, oh, yes. yes, yeah, this is great. 
my night is just made. So her and Raph finished watching a movie. They make dinner. And she said she reads him German Harry Potter. Huh. Red flag. If you have- <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of red flags here. <laughs> Neither yeah. of their first language. Okay. Sure, Mandy. Yeah. German Harry Potter. Why not English? Why not Italian? Harry Potter? No, that's not German. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I'm so sorry. I don't know what that was. Got it? That was nice. Got oh, it. Harry Potter? <laughs> have you ever read Harry Potter? I've read the first three, I believe, um, as a promise to one of my friends who really, really wanted me to get into Harry Potter. And after three, I just couldn't keep going. So I watched all the movies instead, which I know would enrage some Harry Potter fans, but Mm -hmm. it just was not enough of my thing to keep going. I never got into it. Like every member of my family read all the books. I just could not get into it. But I did. I was kind of like a Harry Potter poser. Like my friends were really into Harry Potter. And so I like went with them to the midnight showings of the movies. Oh. And I fell asleep every movie and they were (laughs) mad. Well, the truth is you were you were a twihard. Oh, I was. I was. Yeah. I read and I love that for you. <laughs> I read those books. Like, my mom was like, is she okay? Because I would just <laughs> lock myself in my room and read Twilight for, I mean, that was probably like my sophomore year of high school. And she was like, she's never read a book. Like, is everything okay? And the answer was no. <laughs> I was not okay. I have seen all the Twilight movies, but my absolute favorite thing about Twilight is now the adults that are like doing Twilight themed birthday parties and stuff. Like that TikTok I sent you. Remember I sent you that TikTok and they all came dressed as like Twilight characters? Yes, yes, yes. I When you said adults, I pictured like 40 and 50 year olds. I forget oh. Adult. yeah you're an adult newsflash you have a kid oh not that I mean n- people that aren't adults have kids but it's a pretty good indicator <laughs> yeah that I'm an adult yeah but I just love that adults millennials are Millennial. leaning into their twihardness yeah. And are like now having their like 32nd birthday as Twilight theme. I, think I that's, love it. I think it's beautiful. Because it was kind of like a shameful thing at the time. Yeah. And now people are embracing it. And as you know, my ducks are named Bella and Loka. <laughs> After the quote, Bella, where you been, Loka? <laughs> But we can agree the movies were awful, right? But in the best way. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. But they were horrible. They're so bad. Okay. Thank you. I was going to say, if you're like, 
no that's a piece of <laughs> art that is art that is a film not a movie how dare you poor Kristen Stewart that was not her best work no poor girl poor girl she's always like <gasps> why are you poor looking at tried. me she really tried it was bad it was so bad I don't even know if I saw I think I saw the first one and I was like stick with the book oh uh, see I've never read the book but I've seen all of the movies what wow I know okay. and I'm a big reader too maybe I should pick those up the books are way better they're way better I had this like whole fantasy of like who these people were and then they then they made the movies and it was all ruined it's more magical in the book maybe this is how people feel about Harry Potter I think so did we read Harry Potter no uh, yeah I'm not into it <laughs> glad we cleared that up <laughs> I'm not doing it okay so we where were we german harry potter she reads some german harry potter guten tag harry potter (laughs) i wonder what harry potter's name is in german wouldn't it be just harry potter with a german accent probably okay so she reads some german harry potter I put on here, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. What? That's suspicious um, right there. Yeah. If you're yeah. making up an alibi, why are you going with German Harry Potter? Seriously, that's too specific. This is what people say about people lying. You they get, get, too, too they get weirdly specific. You're right. You're, you're right. like, I was it's wearing a, an orange sweater and it's like... You yeah. actually killed somebody. That's what you were doing. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so she reads in German Harry Potter for the fifth time. They have sex and go to sleep. Okay. Sounds like a great night. It really does. <laughs> really does. So the next morning, she leaves Raph. She goes back to her apartment. It's now November 2nd. Mm-hmm. Here's where things get serious. Okay. So Amanda walks from Raft back to her apartment. The first thing she notices is that the front door to her apartment is open. Just sit like standing open. Standing open. Okay. So here's my question. Do you walk in the door? No. Me either. No. I'm out. I'm out out i would assume that somebody had just been murdered in my home yeah me too or that there was a murder waiting for me a hundred percent i would not go in that door no No. she thinks nothing of it she waltzes in yeah (laughs) okay classic mandy she is out there living yeah she's in such an italian bliss you know that she doesn't even think quite she's like all right she keeps going okay she looks around the house and says nothing looks out of place so she's like eh no big deal okay she decides i'm gonna just continue on 
and she goes to take a shower. She She doesn't check on her roommates. Nope. Not, not at this point. If nothing else, Mandy is making some questionable life choices. I very much agree. Okay. But also benefit of doubt. She's 20. I was an idiot at 20. I was so naive at 20 that I did some really, I probably would have been like aloof and not, can I tell you a story? Of course. Okay. When I was like 21, probably I lived in my own apartment. (laughs) This is so embarrassing. And I, I've had this, um, what's the word neighbor in my apartment. And like, when I moved in, he was probably like 30 and I was 21. And when I moved in, he like helped me, like I lived on the third floor. He like helped me move my stuff up to the apartment. And I was like, this is such a nice neighbor. Like, this is great. And like shortly after I moved in, he came over, not came over. He like came to my door and was like, Hey, would you like to go out on a date? And I was like, Oh boy. And I was, yeah. And I, I didn't think anything weird about it. I was just like, no, I'm good, whatever. And I was still like, this guy's so nice. Like, he's just a nice dude. So then I found out he was married. <gasps> yeah. And I was just like, this guy is just so nice. Like, he just wanted to, like, hang out. He's just so nice. So then one day, I go to, like, go to work. I walk out my apartment front door, and there's a note and roses on my front mat Uh oh I don't remember what the note said but I remember being like this guy is just such like a piece like he's just the nicest guy oh my gosh Kristen oh sweet innocent Kristen I didn't even think anything of it and you knew he was married at that point I knew he was married Annie this is so embarrassing (laughs) I posted a snapchat of the roses and I was like my neighbor who's married just left me these roses like to have a nice day isn't this so nice and I legitimately thought that <laughs> did people respond like no sweetie <laughs> oh my gosh people probably just like this poor girl if only I had known you back then I would have been like I you're know. moving <laughs> <laughs> I needed someone to be like Dude, what is wrong yeah with so many married. red flags I know. So oh, anyway, so sweet. I was so sweet and innocent. And I remember my mom calling me naive at the time and being like, fuck you. I'm not naive. And now I look back and I'm like, I needed help. Yeah. <laughs> I needed someone to help me. It was all so anyway, those Twilight books. I know. They, they gave you my an, mind. They gave you an unrealistic view of love. I just like, I didn't even think he was like, trying to like get with me I legitimately thought he was just a nice guy okay I like couldn't even see that he was like trying to hit on me I just was like not even there yeah just a nice neighbor he probably gave some you know my other neighbor roses too (laughs) no no he didn't (laughs) so I really no it was just So I really don't put it past Mandy because I probably... She was young. She was young. She was young. Okay. So she goes in the house. She notices nothing is out of place. She's like, whatever. So she goes to take a shower. 
And while she's taking off her clothes to get in the shower, she notices some drops of blood in the sink. Ooh, okay. Doesn't think anything of it. Okay. And um, continues to take a shower. Were any of the roommates male? No, all female. Okay. I could see if if you had a male roommate and you saw some blood in the sink, you might think like, oh, Mm -hmm. he nicked him. He nicked himself shaving. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't think anything of it. Honestly, if it were me, I'd be like, oh, that's from me. I got another nosebleed and I didn't clean it up because I get so many nosebleeds. But that's true. I was bleeding the other day and I couldn't even figure out where the blood was coming from. I just had blood on my hands. Are you a murderer? Yeah, it wasn't my That blood. sounds like something I'm that, The problem was, it wasn't my I don't blood. know where it came from. I just had blood on my hands. <laughs> no, it came from my face. I have like a scratch right here from one of the oh. dogs. And so mm, I had like from touched... From the dog? From the dog. Um, <laughs> and I didn't realize that it was bleeding. And so I had touched my face and then like... You know, five minutes later, I was like, what is this? And it was all over my hands. But... See, shit happens. It's not always black and white, you know? Yeah. If it's just a couple drops, I could see being like, huh, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what she did. It was yep. just a few drops in the sink. Okay. I mean, combined with the, yeah, yeah. Combined with the open door. I don't know. I feel like I would be spiraling, but I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Good. Um, so she takes a shower, she steps out onto the bath mat to get out of the shower, and this is when she notices a larger spot of blood on the bath mat, and this is in the shape of a footprint. So I actually have a picture I'm going to show you. Oh, no. Can you see this? Ew. Yeah, so that's what she steps out onto the bath mat. Oh, look at Lane. Cutie. Um, so at this point, she assumes someone just cut themselves and she still doesn't do anything. Okay, that's where I personally draw the line. But, okay, Mandy, live your Have life. Have I left a bloody footprint after nicking myself shaving? 100%. But think about all of the the door open the blood on the sink the footprint like by then I'd be like my roommate was murdered (laughs) like there would be no other option in my mind oh I'd be jumping to conclusions for sure yeah so she goes on she just starts blow drying her hair and (laughs) wow what a how great to be that easy breezy I know. I know. I'm not it's wired like, that way. Anxiety in. No. That's what they call me. <laughs> Anxiety in. <laughs> so she's blow drying her hair. And at this point, she looks over to the toilet. Oh, no. And she notices there's poop in the toilet. And this is when she has a full stop moment. And she said that this gave her the creeps and all of a sudden she's like someone's in the house with me and she gets this like really creepy feeling not the blood the poop poop? also how do you not notice a poop 
the second you walk into the bathroom? I don't know. Was this an know. odorless poop? <laughs> How big was this bathroom? It's tiny. It's tiny. Yeah. Like, I mean, the layout of my bathroom, I have to look at the toilet to get into the shower. The, you also know? the layout of this bathroom. And I'm assuming lit up. Because she just know, noticed a poop. All right. Mandy, I am losing faith in you quickly. I know. I just think it's funny that, like, the blood didn't freak you out, but the poop did. <laughs> if I came home and there was a poop in the toilet, I would just be like, ew, who didn't flush? Ex- me too. Yeah. Me too. But if I saw a footprint of blood, I'd be a little more concerned. Yeah. But no, the poop is what gives her <laughs> the grace. So she calls her boyfriend, Raph, over to the apartment. They're already boyfriend, girlfriend. It's been a week. Oh, yeah. A weekend. A weekend. Wow, 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 wow. They they love fast. Okay. In Italy. Yeah. Um, she's like, something's up. And he comes over. He immediately says, he thinks it's super weird that she just went on to shower without questioning anything. He has yeah. like red flags going off immediately. Yeah. So um, they check Meredith's door and it's locked, which Amanda says is unlike her to have her room locked. Amanda starts knocking on the door. She's like, Meredith, Meredith, calling for her, knocking on the door, nothing's happening. Um, so she's like, Raph, can you try and break down the door? I think Meredith's in there. He tries a few times. He's a small, brownie guy. Yeah, he's just work. a little nerd. He's just a little, little guy. I think it's weird that she called Raph and not the police. I don't know what things are like in Italy. But if that was happening in the States, I would be running out of that apartment so fast and calling 911 mm-hmm. and not going back in until the cops were there. Yeah, you would skip calling your boyfriend. I would. <laughs> I think that that's probably the smart thing to do. Um, but again, she's 20 and naive and... She's like, let me see if Raph can handle this situation first. Let's see if Raph can handle this blood and, and poop. Yeah. Random okay. poop in our toilet. Um, I, I like how the poop, like, I feel like what she's trying to say is that she identified that the poop didn't belong to someone that lived in the home. I guess she's kind of saying that with how do you know that? How do you know that? But that's the feeling she got. <laughs> Unless she's like a creepy poop watcher. She was like, that didn't come out of one of my roommates. <laughs> that not Meredith's poop. I know for sure. I know her intimately. <laughs> maybe they were a frequent, un- maybe there was something with the plumbing, you know? Maybe it was like frequent, not flushing situation. But then why would she be creeped out by it? You're right. I don't know. Okay, I'm, out. I'm seeing holes in this plot, but all right. Yeah, okay. So at this point, Raph 
calls the police. Not Amanda. Raph calls the police. He's a thinker. Yeah, he's like, we got to take care of this situation. Yeah. Um. So they actually in the documentary have the nine one one or whatever it's called in nine 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 or whatever in Italy. They have the call, and it's Raph talking in Italian, and he's like, you know, we found blood, and the door was open, and you know, her roommate is not answering behind the locked door. So the police come. And they kicked down Meredith's door. So that's the beginning of okay. this. Okay. So, thoughts so far? I don't buy Mandy's alibi. Okay. Um, yeah, that's all. Okay. That's all so far. It's weird. The poop really pushed me over the edge. It pushed her over the edge too. Yeah. Really so in that way, in that regard, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So they knock down the locked door to Meredith's room, and Meredith's lifeless body is laying on the floor of her Mila, room. Mila Kunis. I know. I know. Um, her body had been covered with a blanket. So all that was sticking out was like one of her feet. A um, bloody, a bloody foot. It was not bloody, but okay. like all over the room, which I could show you pictures of the crime no. scene, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but all over the room, there's like a bloody handprint on the walls. Like there's blood splatters. Like it's bad. Okay. Um, the lead detective says that there was a very deep wound on her throat. Um. And that's pretty much all the detail I'm going to go into. Great. Um, so Meredith Kircher is dead. Um, just a quick quote about Meredith. So her sister comes to Italy and gives like a statement. And she says, this is Stephanie Kircher's quote. We feel it's no exaggeration to say that Meredith touched the lives of everyone she met with her infectious, upbeat personality, smile, and sense of humor. Oh, that's really sad. That's I know. Super sad. She was only like 21. That's really sad. Really, really sad. Um, so in the crime scene, there's a broken window that has been used to enter the apartment. And then they're suspecting that the suspect left through the open front door. So they entered. Um, The lead detective, his name is, I'm going to butcher it, Giuliano. I don't know. I'm just going to call him the detective. Okay. Um, He immediately questions why the body was covered up and says that a man would never think to do this. And he immediately says that it was a stage break-in. Um, he, so he's, like, questioning it from the beginning. Just, like, the the scene itself seems staged. He doesn't think a man would cover the body with a blanket? That's what he says. I wonder why. I don't know. Those maternal instincts kicking in, tucking her in. Well... <laughs> 
Um, okay, so as the detectives are, like, going through the crime scene, you know, like, taking pictures and shit, um, Amanda and Raph are seen outside kissing and hugging. And the detective describes it as inappropriate for the moment. Uh, so yeah. they've just found their roommate dead and they're outside. Like there's video. Amanda looks like she's in shock, which anyone would be, right? And she looks a little sad. And Raph is like hugging her and rubbing her arm and they're kissing and comforting each other. So that's like a red flag for the detective that like, why are they acting like this in a moment where there's a dead body in her apartment? Right. It's a little, it's a little weird. Um, so they kick her out of her apartment. They take the body of Meredith Kircher away and an autopsy is performed on her body. There is traces of male DNA in her body. So there was some sort of sexual assault that occurred. She has nicks in her chin. Um, and this they're suspecting is someone was like holding a knife to her throat. Mm. Like kind of haunting her. Um, and at this point they are suspecting that it's some sort of group crime involving multiple people. Um but her, like, the the wound that killed her was a giant blast to her throat. So the murder weapon is a knife. Um, so this immediately becomes, like, a media sensation. It, because um, Meredith is a British exchange student, it becomes, like, an international story. And the Italian police are under, like, intense, pressure to like find who did this immediately because it's just like beautiful British girl that was brutally murdered and so they're like under really a lot of pressure to get this done and figure out who did it um so there's like video journalists everywhere like all over the apartment all over like when the autopsy came out there's like journalist right there like ready to write the story with the autopsy results like it's just this like sensation everyone wants to be like the first person to get the new information out um and <clears throat> headlines start to read quote killer orgy and quote meredith killed for refusing sex so they're just like automatically yeah. running with this story of like this something gone wrong okay um yeah so two days after the murder they let amanda back into the apartment with would you want to go back in that apartment no no i would find somewhere else to fucking live i would want to get my stuff i would want to get in and out as fast as humanly possible i would want a police escort because i would be so creeped out I don't even yeah. know if I, I don't even know if I would want all my stuff. I think I would be going back to Seattle. Oh, one hundred percent. I would want to be home with my family. Yeah, I've I've changed my prediction to that it was since you said a group crime. I think it was Amanda and Raph 
Okay. And I think that she took a shower to get the blood off of her. And then she was like, oh, I came home and I took a shower. Okay. I can see it. And at some point, someone pooped. (laughs) At some point during, yeah, somebody pooped at some point. We know that. It's shocking. So the detectives, when they let her back into the apartment, they asked her to go through the knife drawers in the apartment to see if any of the knives are missing because Mm -hmm. they're looking for the murder weapon. Um, And for some reason, this, like, sets Amanda off. And this is when it, like, all hits her at once. Like, oh, they're looking for a knife in my apartment that was used to kill my roommate. Like, it just all, like, piles on. Mm-hmm. And she just becomes hysterical. Um, she starts hitting the palms of her hands on her ears. And she's, like, having a full-blown, like, panic attack. Okay. Um, this is, like, the first time that she's having, like, any sort of real reaction to the murder um the detectives are like freaked out by this they're like what the fuck (laughs) and um this is when they start suspecting her because she's behaving oddly um which again like benefit of the doubt your roommate was just murdered and they ask you to come back in the apartment and look for a knife that could have potentially been used to kill her i'd probably freak out too where are the other two roommates no idea (laughs) okay no idea no idea sorry um so they start suspecting amanda and so the police wiretap amanda and Raffaele's phone oh they can like get any information and then they start bringing them in for questioning okay um so the murder occurred on the 2nd of November, and on the night of the 5th, excuse me, they call Raffaele in to question him in the police station, and they interrogate him, and the police are super pussy, and they're telling him that Amanda is a liar and, quote, a stupid slut and a cow that doesn't care about you. And they're just telling him, like, this girlfriend of yours is not who you think she is and they're just like pushing him super super hard so then suddenly Raffaele changes the story and he says Amanda wasn't home with me that night um and I've only been lying because Amanda told me to he says that Amanda wasn't with him until one o'clock in the morning that's when she came over to his house Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So he's changed his changed his story. Okay. Amanda, meanwhile, is in another police interrogation room, doesn't know anything that Raf is telling them. And the police go back into Amanda's interrogation room and say, Your boyfriend's turned on you and has told us the proof that you were not actually at his house that night and that your alibi is bullshit. And so the police are like, your boyfriend told us this. You need to tell us the truth now. Um, So they go through Amanda's phone and they find the text message from Lumumba, her boss, saying you don't need to come into work Mm -hmm. from that night. 
And her text back to him was, quote, we will see each other later. Have a good night. And the police, like, show this to her. And they say that they're taking this literally as if she's saying, I will see you later tonight. Oh, okay. Interesting. Is this making sense? Yes. Okay. So this is when things get really bad. Oh, boy. Okay. So they kept her in this police interrogation room for hours. It's now like two o'clock in the morning. She's been without food, without water. They've just been interrogating her, interrogating her. And at one point, the police slap her behind the head and tell her to remember what happened that night because she isn't telling them the truth. Um, And at this point, Amanda says that she broke. And she started having images in her head of Raphael's apartment and Patrick and Meredith screaming. And she just starts having like all these images flowing in her mind. And so she says, I think Lamumba killed her. And she writes an official statement saying that Lumumba killed Meredith. What is the connection between Lumumba and Meredith, though? None. None. There's no connection. But Amanda just, like, they're talking to her about this text message that she sends Lumumba. They're telling her that Raph said that she wasn't there that night. So they're just like planting these ideas in her head. And so she just like goes with whatever I guess is coming up in her head. I have heard that interrogations like aren't accurate, I guess would be the right word. Like people do break. Yeah. You can only take so many hours of like having people essentially gaslighting you before you are just like, yeah, that's what happened or whatever. Exactly. So I think it's like, sorry, go ahead. No, I just think it's really weird that now, I mean, I know there was that one text, but it's weird that now Lumumba is the killer. It seems Mm -hmm. random, but okay. Yeah. The only correlation is that text message that they find on her phone. Um, but so, yeah, I guess like if you picture it, you're 20, you're in an Italian prison, yeah, interrogated by the police, your roommate was just murdered, and now your boyfriend is telling police that you weren't there that night, and the police are telling you, you weren't there that night, where were you, what were you doing, so yeah, they're gaslighting her, right, um, and she's young and naive, so at this point, all three of them get arrested. Patrick, Lumumba, Raft, and Amanda, all three get arrested. Um, they also said that in the interrogation room, Amanda was acting super weird. Um, she was like doing yoga and like, yeah, she was just like acting weird, um, performing cartwheels. And at one point, somebody was like talking to her and was like, I hope Meredith didn't suffer badly. And Amanda says, quote, of course she fucking suffered. She had her fucking throat cut. So just a little bit like a little insensitive yeah. to the situation and just kind of like weird behavior. Yeah, doing cartwheels is weird. 
mm-hmm. in an interrogation room. Yeah, a little, a little odd. So a, they little, arrest- a little odd. A little bit. A it's little like, you bit. know what I should do right now? Gymnastics. <laughs> it feels appropriate for the moment. Yeah. Gymnastics. Um, so they're all three arrested. Three weeks after the arrest, Lumumba provides an alibi and he's released from prison. So now the police are like, oh, we know that Amanda was lying about her original statement about Lumumba. And the police say that the only reason she could have accused him was to divert the investigation away from herself. Um, Her explanation for this was that she was stressed and scared and it was long hours in the middle of the night and she knew she was innocent, but they kept telling her that she was guilty. So she just cracked, like she just broke. Basically they start like telling her shit just to like mess with her brain. Um, they, she gets a blood test done and they tell her that she has HIV and that she's going to develop AIDS. And she has this, um, like prison diary and in it, she writes that she's terrified and that she like, doesn't know how this happened. And she writes down all the people that she's ever slept with and if she remembers using protection with them or not. Um, which I feel like is fairly reasonable if you just found out that you have AIDS. Yeah. But this... Um, How many people are on this list? Seven. Okay. That's 20. That's, like, not not a lot. Um, And her diary got leaked to the press, and so all this was, like, out in the public, and it was just used to, like, humiliate her. Oh, gosh. Um, and it turns out that she doesn't have HIV, and that was just like a mind game that the police were using with her. What a weird thing! Like, sounds I know it's really sad. Up. Um, so let's see. Um, they search Raffaele's home to see if they can find any um, trace of the murder weapon. They checked his um, kitchen, and they found a number of knives in the kitchen. Um, yeah my my kitchen has a number of knives as well (laughs) I know they make that seem like it's like a weird thing but like I've never I've never killed anyone but I do have several knives yeah I'm just putting that out there (laughs) um they find a knife that seems to match the characteristics of the murder weapon and they test this knife and Meredith's DNA is found on the tip of the knife and Mandy's DNA is found on the handle. Uh-oh. Yeah. Amanda has no explanation for how this happened. Um, oh, geez. They, yeah. They also find Meredith's bra that was soaked in blood um, is found on the ground and the clasp of the bra is missing um and then they find the clasp on the ground next to the bra and it's tested and it has Raphael's dna on the clasp okay so not i mean good. case closed yeah right right well then they also find dna for someone named rudy 
Gaday in Meredith's room. And his DNA is all over the room. Okay. All over the room. The only place that they found Raph's DNA was on that bra clasp. That's it. Gaday's is all over. So they contact Gaday, who has fled the country. Yeah, that's like suspicious. A little tough. Um, they are able to have a Skype conversation with him. And his story, yeah, I don't know. His story is that he met Meredith the previous evening. And the next day they went to her house, but they didn't do anything. Like they didn't have sex because they didn't have a condom. He says he went to the bathroom and he heard screaming. So he quickly came out of the bathroom and he sees a guy in Meredith's room, but he can't see his face because it's dark. And he runs out the front door and then sees Meredith bleeding with a cut in her throat. And then he leaves the country. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ru- Rudy. What? Rudy. Rudy is described as a slippery character. Okay. And he is known for breaking and entering. Not a great thing to be known for. I know. I know. Um, He says he ended up covered in Meredith's blood because she was like clinging to him and was like, help me, help me before she died, which is really sad. And he didn't call the police? Nope. 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 Um, Rudy, in the Skype call, says quote, Amanda has nothing to do with this. She wasn't there. Um, So an international arrest warrant is issued for Rudy. And Rudy has always maintained that he didn't kill anyone, although his DNA is all over the crime scene. If they were hanging out in the room, I mean, that would make sense. But... I don't know. If somebody died in my arms, I feel like I would let someone else know. Like you're covered in their blood and they were clinging to life to you. You wouldn't just go to another country. It's like, you know what I should do tomorrow? Spain. (laughs) This is time for a vacation. (laughs) I am stressed. (laughs) I need a trip. Too much going on. It is time to get out of here. Now, not to get too into the details of the sexual piece of it, but was the DNA from inside her taken? That I don't know because I really didn't look into the sexual part. Okay, because you would that, think that would be yeah a giveaway, but okay. That's a really good question. I honestly, I don't know the answer. I don't know. Okay. Um, when Rudy is arrested and he goes on trial, um, he actually changes his story again. Slippery. And says, yes, slippery character. And says, Amanda was there. And he says that he sees her silhouette outside when he was there. Okay. Um, so Rudy goes on trial. It's super quick trial it's not a big deal it's not covered in the media it's like he just completely gets off like scot-free in the media um he's sentenced to 30 years in prison for his part in the murder but then actually on appeal his sentence is reduced to 16 years 
Because he left without calling anybody? Um, Because they know that he had something to do with the murder. Um, Because his DNA is all over the room, and he says he was there when the murder occurred. Um, So I don't know what his actual charge was, but they say that he has a part in the murder and he's sentenced for that. Like, they know he's partially responsible in some way. Um, So now it's one and a half years after the murder. So just take that in for a second. Amanda and Raph have been in jail this whole time in an Italian prison. And now they're going on trial in what Italians are calling the trial of the decade and, quote, a drug-fueled sex game gone wrong. Oh. Yeah. Now there's drugs involved? <laughs> I don't know where they got that. Wow. Um, okay. So the courtroom is wild. Pictures, Johnny Depp, and Amber Heard. Yeah. That's basically what this was. It's like I'm there. Yeah. Because I yeah. did watch that uh, yes. very That's closely. <laughs> yeah. It's basically the same thing um media frenzy media frenzy in the courtroom it's just like this giant giant trial um the lead detective his story in what happened is that he thinks that meredith comes home that night and finds amanda rudy and Raphael in her home and thinks that they're gonna have a threesome she like assumes that they're going to have a threesome. Sure. And Meredith says, or he says, Meredith couldn't take it anymore and scolds Amanda for her lack of morals. And it's like, you slut, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So at this point, Amanda must have felt humiliated and so she attacked Meredith and killed her. That's what their story is that happened. Wow. So this is where the sex game gone wrong comes in. That's like what they thought happened. Do they have a theory as to how Rudy was connected to Mandy and Raph? Or like how he was Rudy? just. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe he was just like a random person they found to have I a guess threesome so. with. I guess so. Um, so let's see. They are both. Um, convicted. So after nearly a, a year of testimony, the trial comes to a close. A year? A year. So it's now two years after the murder. Oh my god! And gosh. the verdict is read and Mandy is convicted to 26 years in prison and Raph is convicted to 25. And okay. yeah. The Kircher family is like pleased with the outcome of the trial, and they're like, we're so glad that justice is finally served, blah, blah, blah. So Mandy is in an Italian prison for 26 years. I feel like 26 years isn't enough time for murder. Shouldn't you be in there for life? Is that, yeah. Is that wrong? Yeah. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. But so at this so, point, like, sorry. No, go ahead. If you are convicted of a crime in Italy, you have to stay in Italy for the entire sentence. Like you're not shipped back to the U.S. to serve your time. That's wild. Imagine being her family. Oh, 
I know. So she's just like this regular, she left this like regular 20 year old girl. And now it's two years. So she's 22. And she's just been convicted to 26 years in Italy. So you're like, you're never going to see her again. Yeah. And in the documentary, Amanda is like, my parents will probably be dead by the time I get out. Like, I'm never going to see them again. Oh, gosh. They can't visit her? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they can. I'm sure you can visit. But, I mean, she's a convicted murderer. Yeah. And it's not like uh, Italy is just a quick trip from Seattle, Washington. No. No. Oof. It's crazy. So, now it's three years after the murder. And Raph and Amanda's appeal process begins. Um, the appeals court gives the go-ahead to re-examine the knife in the bra class because those were like the essential pieces that convicted Raph and Amanda because their DNA was found on those, they say. Like that's why they were convicted of it. Like you can't really argue with that, right? So mm-hmm. they um, begin the appeals process and there's like, a whole lot of discrimination, not discrimination. Um, there's a whole lot of things that are, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I don't know what Like contradictory is. or? Not contradictory, but like, I can't think of a word that I'm looking for. But they basically like, the appeals lawyers kind of like, on the original investigation for a lot of reasons they're like there was contamination in the crime scene you know the dna could have been contaminated i won't get into like all the details of that but they basically are like this dna evidence is not concrete it's not like a big deal because x y and z they weren't using booties when they walked through the crime scene they weren't changing their gloves and they just like Sit on the original investigation because of the way that it was done. Which there's one part in the documentary that I just have to tell you. They're they're like talking about how like bought the original investigation was, and it's like a huge thing in America because they're saying like, oh, the Italian police like fucked this up. Like, oh, the Italian police, and they're just like making a big deal about how the Italian police like aren't proper in their investigations and stuff and then there's this Italian lawyer and he says um he's talking about how the court where Amanda's trial took place was established in 1308 and he's like you know we're a well-established um like judiciary system or whatever and he goes I'd say that's pretty well established in 1308 yeah and he says in America in 1308, they were drawing buffalo on the walls of space. <laughs> Burn! <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Like, Sorry that we appreciate art. <laughs> <laughs> like, this court was here in 1308, and y'all were drawing hieroglyphics on tape. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was so funny. Um... Okay, so let's see. The appeal outcome was to order the immediate release of Amanda and Raphael because the Court of Appeals determined that they did not commit the crime. Um, 
And six years after the murder, an Italian court completely throws out Knox and Palacito's acquittal, and the pair are found guilty again. Yikes. It's like a it's like a back and forth. So they get convicted of 26 years and 25 years. Six years later, so they spend or three years later, they spend three years in prison, convicted murderer. Then they're acquitted, so they get to go home. And then three years later, they're like, oh, just kidding. You have to go back into prison. That is crazy. They didn't actually have to go back, but it was like, you're going to have to go on trial again. Um, So then two years after that, they're completely exonerated and they say that they have nothing to do with the murder and they're completely completely free and clear so this has now been like a 10-year process yes poor i mean i'm just gonna say it now i'm an amanda not like fan because i think she was completely just fucked over like so you don't think she did it no i don't think so at all do you think raf had anything to do with it Mm-hmm. so you think it was rudy i think it was rudy and rudy only huh that is i think that crazy story yeah i i think that because so the bra class that had rap dna on it apparently was found under a rug 46 days after the murder so his DNA could have been on just on the rug. Exactly. Exactly. So that to me is like not super strong evidence. And then um, the retesting of the knife found um, that there was just a scarce amount of Meredith's DNA at the tip of the knife. And then the appeals lawyer was like, well, did you examine that knife by itself? And they were like, no, we examined it with 50 other um, objects of evidence at the same time. Oh, so it could have had the DNA from one of the other objects? Yeah. And it was like such a small amount of DNA that they think it could have just like transferred over from her bra or her pants or whatever. It sounds like the Italians really botched this one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what it really is, is like, what I think is that the immediate detective was like, thought that Amanda acted weird. And immediately. It does sound weird. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds weird. But he like, just honed in on her and just made the story fit with her because he thought she was weird. So she's free now. Yeah, she's free. So that, so I have in here, like, what is Amanda doing now? Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. Present day, Amanda Knox lives in Seattle, Washington. She is pregnant with baby number two. Um, She is a cat person. And she is an advocate for wrongly convicted people. So she's, I'm assuming she's married. She's married. And she is just living like how do you how 
if you truly didn't murder that person, like, how do you mentally get past the years of prison, trials, all those things, knowing that you are innocent? I like, don't. how do you have a normal life after that? I don't know. I truly don't know. I truly, and she talks about how when she came back to Washington, she had like a really, really hard time. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Like, how do you get a job? Exactly. She was like, everyone knows, everyone knows everyone that I've slept with because it was like her diary was released to the media. Everyone knows everything <sighs> about me. And she left a normal 20 year old and she came back like, a 26 or 27 year old with like all this trauma after being in an Italian prison. Like it's crazy. That is crazy. crazy. I feel like the quote you read at the beginning was weird, (laughs) but maybe that was for dramatic effect for the documentary. Yeah. But yeah, now this whole time I was like, Amanda did it. And now I'm like, free my girl. I know I know that's why when I said like originally when I watched the documentary in 2016 I I thought she did it I thought she did it and then when I watched it I was like watching it with a like oh my god I can't think of words fresh eyes yeah and I was like oh like I don't think she did it I just think she was coerced I think she was a naive 20 year old and she was scared in an Italian prison and they were gaslighting the shit out of her and she was like well I'm just gonna say whatever I can to get out of this interrogation room and then it ended up getting her stuck in prison for six years or three years or however long that's that's really crazy and really scary like stuff like that freaks me out that you could be innocent and you could be just in the wrong place at the wrong time and exactly. your whole life exactly. is that's, really messed up. That's why the quote, at the end of the quote, it says, on the other hand, if I'm innocent, it means that everyone is vulnerable and that's everyone's nightmare. Yeah. Because, like, you really could just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And she was. She was just, I mean, that's my, that's what I think happened. There's still people in Italy that think she's, like Meredith Kircher's mom still thinks that she, she did it. Did it. The yeah. Rudy thing is so out of left field and random. And they were just yeah. like, "Yeah, we know you're involved somehow, so you're just gonna have this prison sentence." That seems well, really you, weird to me. I know. The other thing is, Rudy has already been released from prison. Yikes. He was released in 2021. And he's the only one that is like definitively there. And he was known for breaking and entering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. So I don't feel like Meredith really ever got justice. Yeah. Nobody will ever really know what happened. That's so sad. I I wonder what the correlation between Rudy and Meredith was, though. Like, why 
if if he did kill her, like why was he, like she his target? Was it just it's random or? Well, I mean, they had like they met somehow, and then they like tried to have sex, but they didn't have a condom, and then and then I think he just came back and maybe she said no, and then he yeah. Just, Oh, that's so scary. I know. It's really scary. But so what do you think? I definitely think Rudy was involved in her murder. I think it's really weird to say, like, oh, yeah, she was stabbed and I got covered in her blood. And then, like, I just went on vacation. That's not a normal response. No, it's not. That's a pretty bright red flag. Blood red, I would say. Yeah, yeah. As for Amanda and Raph, I feel bad. Like, Raph is just, like, super random. Like, he just got pulled into this. I know. He was just having a great week with this American girl. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. And Amanda, yeah, the whole like showering and stuff and ignoring the footprint of blood, that's really weird to me. Mm-hmm. But like, like you said, who knows at 20 what either of us would have done. I, I know. Feel, I feel like I would have been freaked out by the footprint of blood, but and the door being open. But maybe I I wouldn't have. And I can think of someone I know, I won't say their name, but I can think of someone I know who, when he was in his 20s, he would have 100% done that and just been like, huh, all right. Yeah. And gone in. Yeah. And like, if somebody told me that, I'd be like, oh, classic, that person. So yeah. I do know that there are people that exist like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just like a loop. Not a care in the world. Sure, I'll go in. Yeah. Wow. The also the reaction after like her and Raph kissing and stuff also seems weird, but maybe he was just comforting her. Also, trauma. It does weird things to you. I mean, it might not have truly might not have hit her yet. Yeah. Like, if you're in well, shock, you're... You can't ever say how you would react. Right. Yeah. But she also says, like, it's not like we were lifetime best friends. We had known each other, like, two weeks. So... Has only been in Italy for two weeks? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wait, September, October. Two months. Like, a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd only known each other, and it's not like they were friends. For her, it was like an acquaintance, right? Had been murdered. I mean, in her home. So, right. I mean, I think even if I I saw a stranger with their throat slit, I would be pretty traumatized. For sure. Yeah, I know. I think I would. Yeah. And I think I would want my boyfriend to, like, hug me and rub my arm and stuff. 
And tell me it's okay. Yeah, maybe not make out. Yeah, that I feel like that crossed a line. Also the gymnastics. <laughs> but you know what? She was possibly just having like a mental break. Yeah. I mean, I've never been interrogated by police, but I think if I was in an <laughs> interrogation room, I would be flipping shit. Would you do cartwheels? I would do anything to keep myself semi-sane. That's and if true. that's yoga, maybe, maybe I would. The yoga doesn't seem like as much of a stretch to me. I don't know why. But I'm like, all right, you're sitting for a long time. You're... Your muscles need to be stretched. <laughs> you lost me at cartwheel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe she just like felt like she needed to move. Yeah. Cardio. I don't know. I, I also do find it a little bit strange that they said like, hey, Raph turned on you. And then she turned on Lumumba. Instead mm-hmm. of saying Raph did it, uh-huh. that piece was a little odd to me because I yeah. feel like if it would be more normal if she was like, "Well, he did it. Mm-hmm. He's saying I did it. I'm saying he did it. Like tit for tat, yeah. Kind of thing." Yeah, yeah. Who's who was it? Who's what was it? Poop. Poop. Rudy. Rudy. I think Amanda inherently knew it was a man's poop. I think she did too. And as someone who's married to a man, their poops are different. (laughs) (laughs) He knew. He knew. She's like, that is a man poop. And there's only women in this house. Something's up. Something's up. I, she had to have known. Maybe it was the way it was white. <laughs> Maybe there was no toilet paper. And she was like, this is a true psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Who does this? Who doesn't even what do kind of one white? <laughs> what kind of sicko are we dealing with? This is a man poop with no wipes. <laughs> there had to have been details that they're not letting us know. Yeah, like where Rudy's <laughs> Rudy's tidy whities stained. Oh my god. He loves skin marks. To flee the country. He was like, I know I pooped in that toilet. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, they should have taken DNA from the poop. They, Why they am I not a detective? <laughs> Seriously, we need to know the sperm and we need to know the poop. Yeah, I I also think it's so strange that they were like a man wouldn't cover a body with a blanket. Like because that stupid. De- I don't like that detective. I think he was just like trying to make Amanda fit the story. You know, That's... he was like a man wouldn't cover up a body. Only a woman would do that. It must be Amanda. She's the only woman in this case. It's just such an odd thing to, I would never think that. No, me either. I would think like, he probably didn't want to look at the gas body that he just killed, so he covered her up. She was on the floor. 
Mm-hmm. It's like if she was in the bed, maybe you'd try to just like if somebody glanced in the room, you would think, oh, they're sleeping. No, no, but she was on the floor. Oh, I don't know. Oh. You're you're not a rational person if you killed someone. You're so. right. You're right. So your mind is not. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think Amanda had anything to do with it. I think she was at Rudy's. She read him German Harry Potter, and then <laughs> poor thing went home the next day, and then she got blamed for it. That's like my worst nightmare. Do you think she ever looked at Harry Potter again? No. I think she wrote off Harry Potter for life. Yeah. Especially German. Especially German Harry Potter. Big trigger. (laughs) Trigger. (laughs) Hopefully she doesn't come across that much in Washington. Yeah, I don't think so. Poor thing. But I'm just, I'm happy for her. She's happy now. She actually, do you know who Whitney Cummings is? Yeah. The comedian. Yeah, she did Whitney Cummings' podcast. Oh, really? Annie, if you want to listen to the most chaotic podcast I've ever heard in my entire life, which, like, I don't want to sit on another podcaster, but, like, I had to turn it off. It was so... Because I, like, I wanted to know what Amanda Knox... I wanted to know what she had to say. And Whitney Cummings kept, like, interrupting her and was just, like, so all over the place. It was so cringy. It was really bad. Alan loves Whitney Cummings. I I knew he did for some because he really likes Tom Segura, right? Yeah. Okay, they're like kind of in the same comedy group. So I'm sure he's heard it. You have to ask him about it. It's so chaotic. It's, and I'm sure and I like Whitney Cummings. I'm sure he knows all about Amanda Knox. He probably watched a documentary because he watches stuff like that. And I really, like, I leave. I'm like, okay, good night. Hey, bye. Be in bed reading a book about happy things. <laughs> but you know how they do like roast, like comedy roast. Yeah. There, um, Amanda Knox came to Whitney Cummings roast. Oh and, my like, gosh! Did her about how her podcast was worse than an Italian prison. <laughs> I'm going to have I to mean, find the clip. <laughs> wow. I guess she really, she is making lemonade out of lemons, but. I know. Man. I, I have to find the clip. It's really funny. Um, But yeah, that's the Amanda Knox story. 